everybody welcome to fistful cinema i'm your host richard wickliffe and i'm your co-host gavin waple what's up everyone and today we will be reviewing the 1989 movie batman batman it is an american superhero film directed by tim burton and produced by john peters and peter goober it is the first installment of warner brothers initial batman film series the film stars michael keaton as bruce wayne slash batman and jack nicholson as his arch nemesis the joker and finally kim bassinger as bruce loves interest vicky vale the film takes place early in Batman's war on crime with him coming face to face with the Joker. Whew. This is a classic. This is a nostalgic classic for many fans. I think that's the best way to describe it. If you had to describe it in like two words, because it's debatable among fans. Okay. Who is the best Batman? Most like I would say millennials or whatever might think if they, whoever they grew up with, I would say they think is the best one. But the best way to describe this is everyone can watch this film and look back and see nostalgia. And they have it has that charm just from that fact. Personally, I would say, yeah, this is probably my favorite Batman film just based on that charm it has. It doesn't take itself too seriously all the time. It's serious when it needs to be. It honors a lot of things that came before it. And it really just innovated and built upon what Batman was before. Yeah, I think that, you know, it coming out in the 80s, it could have fallen into the trap of almost like a Superman 4, you know, just like it just, it's so 80s, it's not even funny, you know, but looking back, it definitely has elements of, you know, the 80s and maybe like the cheesiness of it, but it really does, I would say, just kind of stand the test of time, you know, of just kind of being able to exist on its own the humor is, you know, true to the characters, right? It's like Joker, he's not acting like, you know, kind of like an 80s off the top, you know, kind of villain. You know, he's acting like the Joker, right? It's true to the comics. Well, besides when he played Prince when <clears throat> going through the art gallery and like painting everything and like <laughs> that's doing true, all that's that. True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, I feel like the Prince, yeah, the, the, the music, I would say, if anything, made it feel a lot like the Yeah, 80s, but that was honorable say. to the Joker. Like something, it's something he would do. Like you saw that and you're like, oh, that's totally something he would do. It stayed true yeah. to his character, per se. Yeah, I agree. But yeah, but so yeah, I'd say it's just, it, it's it's a timeless film just the reason b is that i would say they for the first time i would say maybe just besides superman the original superman they were true just the comics uh the comic uh characters and so honestly let's kind of just move on i would say just the first kind of topic that person i think is really just the most interesting when it comes to talking about this film is keaton's batman um yeah just keaton's batman just the the casting process and then him as the character. Um, did you kind of know about the controversy beforehand? So I really wasn't that knowledgeable about the controversy. All I knew basically was fans were like, oh, he's just a, uh, because he was in a lot of comedy films before. They're like, oh, this guy just is from comedy or whatnot. He's not going to be good for like a more serious role such as Batman. But lo and behold, it worked out. 
Yeah, so it's like he, so Michael Keaton, as you all know, he was in Tim Burton's Beetlejuice a couple years before. And then, you know, in which we all remember Beetlejuice, that is an over-the-top comedy. Michael Keaton is great in it. You know, he's hilarious. Another classic. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to do around Halloween, totally. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Total total Halloween classic. It's just, yeah, for that as well. It's, It's an overall great movie. But back in the 80s when michael keaton was cast as batman people were like you know what the heck you know we have a thousand other leading men you know pierce brosnan you know all these just to name one but because i remember he was one of them in contention but you know we have all these other guys that are just have the the more of the look of bruce wayne because you know michael keaton has brunette curly hair right you know traditionally bruce wayne has black you know straight hair um Michael Keaton's not a towering giant like some of the people have played Batman in the past, you know? And, you know, he doesn't have, you know, the, or didn't, I guess, but since it was the 80s, he didn't have that kind of hulking uh, physique, you know, similar to like Sylvester Stallone or Otto Schwarzenegger. So naturally, there was a lot of controversy. But I think it's interesting is, you know, he was, in a sense, the first kind of superhero controversy, right? Yeah. And it's odd that you bring up like a lot of those other people because it's like, yeah, they went on to have film careers in roles that were like action films like Brosnan went on to be Bond starting in Goldeneye. And it's like, yeah, when you think about it, yeah, maybe he would have been a more realistic choice. So I could see where the controversy came from about Batman. It's like, okay, Michael Keaton, this guy who doesn't fit these roles, would he be effective as a Batman? But the thing is, this film did change a lot of things that were in Batman prior. Like, let's say, uh, you know, a lot of the old shows or old movies are more goofy or whatnot. You could totally tell what time period they're set in. And this film totally changed a lot of that. And along with that, they changed the first thing you think of when you think of Bruce Wayne or Batman, like his physique and all that. Yeah, I would say if that was a huge, another huge takeaway was how this Batman and the movie itself, or I would say specifically the scenes with Batman were just more serious. Because, you know, you have to remember what people were working with here, you know, besides the comics where yes, Batman was serious in terms of live action incarnations of Batman or even, you know, Batman and cartoons, it was traditionally more lighthearted, right? And even even his actual his visual look, right? It, you know, it was the the, the blue and um, gray suit, right? Yeah. Where they just, you know, with for this movie, they went total black, you know, he wasn't you know, and I love, put it this way, I love the Adam West Batman. I think he's great. But, you know, he was nothing like the Adam West Batman. You know, he was way more serious and just, yeah, he honored the comic book feel of who Batman was, right? He, yeah. I think, and I think why Michael Keaton was so great was he actually played like this guy is truly tormented and he is truly messed up, right? But, which is, you know, very, like, okay, that's something, I guess, you can say that's normal today in superhero films of a soup of a character actually having a progression. But in terms of the eighties, you have to remember that it was very much a, a very simple kind of character hero dynamic for those movies back then, you know? Oh yeah, for sure. It was just the hero acting one way throughout that entire movie. He never changes. And that's that. Right. 
pretty much the definition of like a Gary Sue or Mary Sue or whatever, you know, a perfect yeah. hero that always saves the day and does everything perfectly. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah, so that's the thing. So it was good about him, but, um, so, okay. Now next I would say honestly was, if anything, one of the bigger draws to this movie was, um, Jack Nicholson's Joker. Oh, yeah. um, how would you say that compares to the, the pantheon of jokers i would say really what i found the most interesting about it is okay so they did honor one of his origin stories about falling to a vat of acid and batman inadvertently created joker that way Mm -hmm. um but one thing i liked is first off like okay how they changed his origin story a little bit it's like okay it's in this more realistic darker gotham city what's in a more realistic dark city you have the mob or gangsters or whatnot and you had the Joker, who was a gangster. So it was interesting how he already had that crime syndicate kind of built up there, and then he just went totally insane. And he's like, okay, let's just make this crime syndicate totally insane. And I don't know if it could have been pulled off by someone better. When you have Jack Nicholson playing that, someone who has a history of playing these crazy outlandish <laughs> characters. Yeah, in terms of his look, he was born to play the Joker, honestly. You know, I think there there was no no better actor at the time yeah. to play the Joker. And just, you know, his smile, his mannerisms. Um, and it is funny, you, you mentioned the origin story as well, because I always thought that was interesting too, how, you know, we, we spent a significant time with the Joker before he was the Joker in the movie, right? When he was yeah. just Jack, you know? And... Jack. Jack Napier. Yeah, Jack Napier. You know, and it's like, and at the same time, I remember thinking, or I remember kind of after the fact, I was like, you know, it could have easily kind of ruined the feel of the Joker, right? Because you're just like, oh, I'm just watching the other guy with the makeup. But Nicholson plays it in a way where you clearly see that these two people are completely different, right? Oh, yeah. You know, and maybe he has bits and pieces of Jack in him, right? So he's still a mobster. He has the mobster hat and all that but he is a very different person. And also I'd say his origin, it, it makes, oh, so this this aspect makes the film a lot more interesting is his connection to Batman. The fact that his, his origin story started Bruce's origin story of him killing um, Bruce's parents in yeah. that alleyway, right? Yeah, so it kind of began with that he was always that guy to Bruce Wayne, like, oh, yeah, you killed my parents or whatnot. And then after that, he uh, had the opportunity to kill him. He probably realized that, dropped him into the vat of acid, thinking, okay, he's going to be dead or whatnot. And then, nope, he's alive, and he's even more insane as before. And now he's totally getting revenge on Bruce Wayne. It's like back and forth between the two of them. Yeah. Yes, that, that was interesting. And also... I would say, you know, once again, it kind of, they embrace the comic bookness of his character, which kind of going alongside of who is playing him, right? Like, I, I could have seen, honestly, with some actor back then being like, you know, all right, I want to play a sophisticated take on this character, you know, based off his name or, you know, to kind of give him more, you know, grounding, right? Yeah. But, you know, I kind of respect that, you know, Nicholson and you know Tim Burton were like no 
we're playing him how he is, right? Which is, mm-hmm. you know, he is completely just insane. He's off the wall and he does not care. You, you know, know what, though? I think that actually worked well because of the fact that you had the more serious tone of the film as well. When you have to have something to balance it out or else it would just be too dark. You have to have a villain like the Joker, someone who's just crazy, you know, balances it out like, okay, this can be fun in some places. This can be goofy in some places, but it honors the character. And yet it doesn't make the film feel too dark or too goofy. It is the yin to the yang. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good balance, I would say. Um, so yeah, so yeah, um, Michael Keaton's Batman, Jack Nicholson's Joker. I would say, you know, ob- obviously by far they were my favorite parts of the movie. Plus, you know, I love them solely just based on the characters alone. Yeah, I but, think people go back and watch this film specifically for those performances. Yeah. Um, so okay, now I guess kind of talk about the, uh, the other lead of the film. The Kim Bassinger as Vicky Vale, who, you know, Vicky Vale herself is a recurring character within kind of the Batman mythos. And kind of go right off the bat, it was kind of interesting for me because, like, you know, all the, you know, listeners of, or all the viewers of the Batman animated series, she was not a love interest of Bruce Wayne, right? So you kind of, it was kind of interesting to me for watching it for the first time and also give another background. I saw the animated series before I saw this movie. So seeing her kind of shift between a more sympathetic character and obviously Bruce's love interest in this film compared to the animated series was interesting for me, you know, because it kind of, for me, it kind of baffled me because I was like, you know, why her specifically, I guess. Um, I'm honestly trying to think why specifically they did, but I think they, I guess because she fit into the plot and their paths collided with all this stuff happening where it was more natural. But the thing is, it's like, okay, she had just gotten into town and she just happened to have two invites to Bruce Wayne's party and that's how it all got started. Yeah. And also, you know, I would say, Kim Bassinger as Vicky Vale, I would say, honestly, for the most part, like I don't recall her being getting much flack for playing her due to the fact that not many fans actually knowing the character. Right? Yeah, I think that helps when you have a lesser known character or someone that doesn't have as big of an impact on the story, such as Batman, right? Because obviously that character is always going to have a lot of flack, like whatever actor's playing him is going to get controversy because of it's such a specific role everyone's like okay the previous one was the best this new one's going to suck and then half the people are like oh this new one's great the next one's going to suck because this one cannot be topped it's just a never-ending cycle but when you have a character that not a lot of people are really familiar with people are like oh okay yeah they don't really care because there's not really any controversy to be held because how can you be controversial about a character that you really don't know. And I would say she was great as a character also that it was almost this meta approach to her was was that she served as kind of like the audience of the film. Mm -hmm. And I think I kind of, I talked to you about this before. It's like, you know, 
we okay so the scenes with batman we view the film from batman's eye right but when we have films with her she's able to view batman as everyone else views the mysterious and all that but we're able to spend time with her watching batman so it's like okay this is how the city sees him right these are how you know villains see him this guy you know taking out everyone and then mysteriously disappearing yeah and then you have the opposite side of her also getting to know who Bruce is, you know, or the, who who truly Bruce is, you know. He, you know, he kind of, he lets, he has this kind of look to the public eye, right? But with her, you know, he is truly himself and he shows him, you know, he's, you know, calculating, you know, he's, he himself is mysterious, you know? Yep. And I would say if, if it was just like Batman, Joker, and Alfred, and maybe Gordon as the main characters, I think, especially being the first Batman film, we would have not been able to kind of see, ironically, Batman himself from all aspects of his character. Yeah, probably not, because you need that extra look into it, because I think it kind of helps with her, at least, that she didn't get to know that Bruce was Batman at first, it kind of built up to it because, you know, let's say you meet someone, right? And, you know, Mm -hmm. you get to know them as a good person over a while and then you find out the secret about them. It's like, oh, it's not as bad as you thought it would be. But let's say the first thing you got to know about the person was they dressed up like a bat and ran around the city at night. You'd be like, what are you doing? (laughs) Yeah, she definitely took that part very, very, very well. Well, it's because she knew who Bruce was. Like, she got to know him as a person. You know, you'd be more understanding and sympathetic to that part. Yeah. If you kind of knew yeah, who the person was. <laughs> that Those parts are definitely the parts where I'm like, okay, this is definitely a comic book movie, right? Yeah. it never well, it fails every be. time in those movies, you know, when the identity is revealed and just how well the person takes it, you know? You never yeah. know. If I saw, uh, I don't know, one of my friends started running around uh, downtown Athens, Georgia, in the middle of the night around UGA in a bat suit, I'd be like, what are you doing, man? But would I, like, hate you for it? No. Would I think it's kind of odd? Probably, yeah. But What's the thing? I think, I think honestly, think I think she would have been like... All. That's, yeah, that's oh, I think, a... yeah, I think she, if she saw it, she'd just be like, oh, okay you know and then like leave right you know well, it's like she'd be like though, oh you know also what? because he did save her before that yeah so maybe well, she's yeah, like okay I... well it's it's effective it's odd but it's effective it saved my life so why should i judge she's yeah she's like well this man dresses like a bat you but know lives in me. a cave underground his mansion but he saved my life and seemingly everything works out <laughs> yeah i mean if that, i guess it kind of makes sense if it did save your life it's like okay okay what yeah. am i to judge now it obviously works yeah and okay now obviously so th- those three characters are very much the foundation of the film i would say if you had to say like a fourth and final character and overall just kind of the driving force of the film itself was just kind of the setting of Gotham City, if that makes any sense. Um, How, you know, it was a very specific look, I guess. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you, you know, kind of saw, but how, you know, 
Gotham City itself, it almost had this like ageless kind of look. Oh yeah, right? it did. I honestly think it really did have an ageless look to it. And I think that's one of the reasons this film actually worked because of the setting of the city. Like if it was set during like, if it was set in, uh, I guess, Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises type of setting, if it was set in Chicago, basically, I don't know if this film would have worked. Yeah. In the daytime, Joker running around, running into an art gallery and like, listening to Prince on the boombox and painting <laughs> over everything. I don't know if that would have worked, but the setting really was a character in its own. Yeah, I would say it kind of, it, it gives it almost that like fantastical, almost, uh, you know, honestly, almost kind of pulpy feel of the city, right? It, it feels like a city of tomorrow, but with some of the technological feats of today, right? And it yeah. kind of, it, it, it mixes the past and the present together. Right. And this is also something that was in the animated series where it's like, you know, you could see like a Zeppelin flying in the sky and then they or then they'd be on a computer, you know, so they kind of mix those things together. And, you know, once again, I I think this that I'll just have to look at what was the actual intention behind it. But it just it, it worked, you know, you, you saw it, but you didn't think that much about it, you know, like. I think, you know, for like for a second, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. They're mixing technology in the film. But besides that, I was like, yeah, you know, it works, you know? Yeah, it does. And it really helps with that timeless aesthetic that the film gives and why people view it as timeless. Because when you think about it, a lot of films, you know, if a film is, I guess, locked into a certain time period, obviously in like 20 years, it's not going to age as well. But right. when you have something that's just so unique and nothing else really uses it, like how this Gotham City was, what other film can you tell me really used a unique, dark city that mixed technology from different eras like this Gotham City did? Because I'm trying to think of one and I really can't think of any. I can think of cities that were just unique, like futuristic. Right. But obviously those are going to age poorly, but the way that everything blended together just gives us an ageless and timeless look. And same with the Batmobile, honestly. I think when you have a car, it kind of reminds me of something like, well, obviously, because this is a real car, like uh, Bond's Aston Martin DB5. Like, that's a timeless car for a reason, because it was unique. It, it, it can fit in any era. Everyone, even today, is like, oh, that's a nice-looking car. Just like this Batmobile. Everyone, a ton of people are like, yeah, this is the best Batmobile. It wasn't locked to a certain era. It didn't look like a typical 80s car, 90s car. Like if it had looked like a 1990s Toyota Corolla or something like that, or if it was yeah. built off the chassis of like an old muscle car or whatever, maybe. It's like, okay, that would be cool, but you could definitely tell that that could age. But this yeah. Batmobile was so unique that it's like, okay, yeah, it could fit in any era. Yeah, and I would say it's almost yeah, it's, it's almost like the '60s, the Batman uh, 1960s TV show, right? With the Batmobile, then you know it was basically a 1960s just you know convertible, right? Yeah, you know it it it, it looks it looks great. It's it's a great Batmobile, but you know yeah, it looks it does it looks '60s. Well, you know yeah, this Batman, this Batmobile, it just yeah it has that look of its own. It's the Batmobile, right? It doesn't look like it's from the '80s. It doesn't look like it's from the '90s. It just looks like it's from there. 
You know, yeah. if you saw it driving down the streets today, you'd be like, oh, that's awesome. If you saw it driving down the streets in 50 years, you'd be like, oh, that's awesome. Not like, oh, that's just an old car. And don't get me wrong. I'm a fan of old cars. One of the cars I really want is a 60s Mustang. Mm-hmm. I don't hate old cars at all. I love them. But I think <laughs> we like this we really like old cars, me. everyone. <laughs> oh, yeah, I do. And I'm uh, really trying to get one, too. So <laughs> that aside, uh, yeah, it's not a bash on old cars or anything. But this Batmobile just really fit with the timeless aesthetic of the film itself yeah yeah honestly i would say the the final thing that i think that was honestly just great about this film itself was how it really just changed superhero films forever i would say in hollywood you know Mm -hmm. um you know once again i would say superman started it but then superman ruined it with superman 4 you know oh, what I'm saying? I did it now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what? And honestly, you could probably make an argument that Batman did the kind of the same thing with Batman and Robin. But I would say at this point, it was already like proven twice now that a superhero movie can draw major crowds. Oh, for sure. Right. And yeah, that's the thing. And the thing is, it did, right? Even with even with all the controversy with, you know, Michael Keaton and, you know, Tim Burton directing, leading up to it, there was a lot of hype and it was a hit, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. And, you know, I don't know anyone specifically that was at, like, say, the premiere or saw it when it was out, but it is no secret. It was a hit. It was huge with the fans. And a big, big part of the market, obviously, which the studio cares more about, with the non-fans, you know? It yeah. wasn't so comic book movie, you know, comic book-esque, where it isolated a huge group of people. No, it's like it was for everyone, you know? Kind of like, honestly, I would say kind of like, you know, Star Wars or India Jones of the 80s, you know? Well, yeah, it for was sure. something that a whole family could enjoy. Although Star Wars and Indiana Jones didn't have that feel to them where it's like, or I guess a predetermined mindset, I would say, is more accurate, where mm-hmm. you go in and you're thinking, oh, crap, do I have to know what happened before? Do I have to know what happened in the comics to understand this? It's like, no, this was a, an origin story. This explained yeah. everything. You didn't have to know anything before this film. It explained everything. 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 Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 I agree. I agree. But um, But so, yeah, you know, yeah, Batman 1989 Batman. It's funny, you know. I always, always, I love to go back and forth um, between like this and the Dark Knight. I think it's definitely my favorite Batman movie now, just because you know I watched it recently, obviously for this podcast, and you know, just obviously, and with the announcement of um, Michael Keaton coming back as Batman mm-hmm. in the Flash. So, you know, it's kind of all that hype again. So I think I'm just liking it a lot. But you know, overall, I think it's just it is a good superhero movie. So, oh, yeah. um, what would you say you what would you say you rate it? Uh, um, yeah. Okay, so out of Batman films, this is definitely my favorite Batman film. I would probably I don't know if it's, just, it's nostalgia hitting me or something, but I would probably rate it as like an eight point seven five out of ten. Okay. Yeah, I you know, honestly, I think for me, like, you know, Batman's my favorite superhero, comic book character, whatever. So, I, and I just, I do, I love this movie a lot. So for me, I would give it a gracious nine out of 10, I would say. Um, you know, all the 
all the points we mentioned prior, you know, love, love me some Michael Keaton, love Jack Nicholson, love Kim Passengers, Vicky Vale, you know, just everyone, everyone in their respective roles was just really good. Um, and, you know, to top it off, it was a great story. It was a good classic Batman story. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. for sure. So for me, yeah, nine out of 10. Um, yeah, it's just, you know, hey, it, you know, it's Batman, you know, can't go yeah. wrong. You, you honestly can't, especially with this one, because I think with this, he improved two people. Okay, he's a great Batman. And now look at everyone. Everyone's so excited that he's coming back. Everyone is pumped. Yeah. And if he was truly like a bad Batman or something, no one would be excited for it. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, but um, okay, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Fistful of Cinema, where we cover the great 1989 movie Batman. Hope you all enjoyed it. Um, yeah. And we will see you guys next week. Yep. Adios. Yeah.